0: The voice of one crying, the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. The voice of one crying, the wilderness, prepare the book of Jude, we stopped at verse 10. We'll continue at verse 11. Scriptures say, woe to them. Now in case you are not here, of course you get the message. We began a study on the book of Jude. We might have this one more and maybe another, hopefully. I can't promise you anything. Let's see. And we saw how Jude demanded that we contend how he was not able to preach or write to them about their common faith, the things they shared in common from what they believed. Rather, he, he now wrote to them to rather fight for the original faith that was given, not the false faith. There's a fake faith. If look at the book of First Peter chapter 1, it tells you about genuine faith and how God allows you to pass through trials to prove the genuineness of your faith. The genuineness of your faith. Look between verse 7 and 9, 1 Peter chapter 1, you'll see. He refers to trials. He said, if need be, God allows you to pass through troubles. Those troubles shape you and purge out the fake faith. And one of the troubles that I help you identify if your faith is is false preachers, false preachers, people who bring false doctrine. We saw that in First Timothy chapter one too. Remember, where he said he left Timothy behind that he might identify those who are teaching another doctrine. He called it another in the HSB translation. A wrong doctrine. They were teaching wrong things. That's a test of your faith. God allows it. He allows there to be false teachings. To identify you run after it. If you run after it, that means you don't know the genuine. You don't know the original. There's the original version of everything. Then there's a fake one. And God will allow you to be tested. Sometimes if you've bought the fake one. How many of you know if you've bought a fake thing you discover it was fake. You suffered due to the fake thing. That next time you go to buy it, you won't buy it again. Do you know that's an education? By experience. God has allowed many of us to be through false doctrines, follow false preachers, even some of what we just said about person worship, you know, being used like a dog, as though you're an animal, by people in a wrong way. The kind of thing that happened in secondary school where someone says, come here. And here, I need you to buy me 15 Naira ground, not 50 Naira biscuits, and all that kind of stuff. And they finish, and you're standing there, just one, waiting for money. And they say, go, why are you still standing here? Before it dawns on you that they are not planning to give you any money. They expect you to use your money and acquire those things. So some of you have gone through that, been bullied, oppressed by those who misrepresent the Lord Jesus. And the book of Jude began to out, to identify the characteristics of the people that teach like that, of the people, he called them men who have secret slipped. They don't come out plainly and say, "I am here to mislead you and do evil and oppress you." No, they come in like servants of God. They come in acting sincere. They may have even started well, but the Bible says they were marked for condemnation a long time ago. And he went on to begin to this, and we describe them here. So he went on to describe them. He began to describe them and he said that he gave you an a clear example that one of the ways you identify them is that they give people a license to commit evil. Your bible might call it licentiousness. A license to do evil. The, their message makes people feel that sinning is okay. That is not a big deal. That's one of the clearest ways To identify them. Any of them that makes it sound like it's okay to sin. That the blood of Jesus will handle it. Not that if you sin, the blood of Jesus will handle it. But that don't worry too much about sinning. It's covered by the blood. That was a pure example. And that's what Jude said. He pointed that out. We also saw. And then he began to give. Clear illustrations. He began to give. Clear. Illustrations from scripture, which is always fair to. All scripture is given by the inspiration of God. And is profitable, amongst other things, for correction. Rebuke. He So he began to rebuke these people. To point out how you identify the issues. And amongst the things he said, he talked about Sodom and Gomorrah. He talked about... Angels who did not stay in their place. And do you understand the point he made about the angels? That these are angels. If angels can lose their position. He was simply saying, how much more you, if an angel, an angelic being, can lose its position. Don't let anyone deceive you and tell you that once you're saved, you're always saved. That you can never lose your position. That's clear. It's obvious that that's what Jude is saying. There's no confusion. We saw who Jude was. He was one of Jesus's uh, brothers through Mary's birth. Like James, the elder. He's referred to as Judas in the Gospels. But it's the same name. So, it's obvious that he's he's, he's saying, Hey, listen to me. Even angels have lost their position. So don't deceive yourself. It is so clear. You wonder how someone can read the book of Jude and still say things like, uh, you can never lose your salvation. Come on! Anyone that preaches that to you, anyone at all, is one of these people. Anyone at all that says that. That turns the grace of our God into a license for evil. You find that in verse 4, and then you go down. He began to point out that the people that came out of Egypt... That the Lord saved them once. He says, Jesus he said, the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, destroyed them who did not believe. Belief brought them out of Egypt. Or they would have been in Egypt. Hey, if they didn't believe, they would not have put blood over their door on the day of Passover. Would they? All those that didn't put died. All those that put survived. So they believed. And the blood on the door is What? Is what happens at salvation when the blood of Jesus is applied to your life. The Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. So these are people that are called on the name of Jesus. But He tells, He calls them those who did not believe. Because they believed at the beginning and it saved them in the Spirit. But they did not continue to believe. So they were destroyed in the wilderness. The same thing happens today. It's not how you start. It's, <coughs> excuse me. It is those who endure to the end that will be saved. And that's the point he was making, that you can lose what you had. Don't deceive yourself otherwise. So he spoke about that. He spoke about Sodom and Gomorrah and how God destroyed them. Like the angels who were in trouble. And he went on, he talked about how these people disregard spiritual things, even spiritual authorities, including Satan. We referred to the book of 1 Peter. We referred to, the, to that. We saw the same story. We saw the similarity in those books. We saw the great similarity in these stories. The huge you know, actually Second Peter chapter two. If you look at Second Peter chapter two and read the book of Jude, they almost seem as if they sat down and copied each other. So you have two witnesses very clear. In the New Testament, no less. Not in the old. That's one of the arguments these people bring. They say that's the Old Testament. God is not like that. God is a God of love. God can never. False doctrine. They've torn the grace of God. How do you prove it? Find out the people that worship and listen to those preachers. And look at their lives. And that's all the evidence you need. Do they take sin lightly? Don't ask any questions. Is sin a huge thing with them? they likely they are hearing the truth. Now there's the extreme. Those that talk about sin all the time and create legalism and hypocrisy like the Pharisees of old. The truth is not there. The truth is in the middle. The truth is that if we sin, little children, First John 2, I write this unto you so that you should not sin. But if you sin, you have an advocate with the Father. So the Lord Jesus provides propitiation. He's a propitiation for our sins. And not just ours, but the sins of the whole world. And he writes and tries to tell them that God loves them and all that. No problem. But he goes on, just keep following that story. He warns you about hating the brethren. He goes on into chapter 3 and says this is how you know the difference between those who are the children of God and the children of the evil one. The one that practices sin is not of God. He makes it clear. The one that makes a practice. So, the difference between sin and sin is the one who practices sin, habitually sins, purposely. Repeat. When I said purposely, I don't even mean someone that is sorely tempted. I mean someone that who has come to a place that it's okay, it doesn't matter. Do you know what other people do? Their sin is official. They don't have to be under much temptation. It's not temptation that makes them sin they. Their theology, their belief, says sinning is not a big deal. What's the blood of Jesus for? Those are the people he's talking about. That's the difference. People will sin. We all stumble in many ways, James says in chapter 3. But you are never meant to make a practice of sin. You should hate sin. You should detest sin. You should feel terrible when you sin. But he doesn't say run away ever. He says repent of the sin. But if you come to the place where you go like, Lord, I'm sorry for what I did. Amen. And you just committed fornication. And that's how you repented about it. You see, that's why you've not stopped. It's a light thing. You lied. You say, eh, go, forgive me. Then you do it. You've made a practice of it. You're planning to lie. When I go there, I'll just tell them that, that I wasn't around. God, forgive me. You've made a practice of sin. You're, not, you're, the, you're on the verge of becoming the kind of person That Jesus or Jude here is talking about. The Lord warned against. You are a slave to sin. And it doesn't bother you. You enjoy serving sin. This is Jude's warning so far. So he went on to describe. And where we are continuing from in verse 11. It says the people that preach these things in verse 10. That they don't understand what they are saying or doing. And that the things they are saying are destroying them. Verse 11. Woe to them, for they have traveled down Cain's path. He calls it Cain's path. Cain, the brother of Abel. And because of greed, have abandoned themselves to Balaam's error. Hence, they will certainly perish in Korah's rebellion. I just love this. Do you guys see? At least my kind of preacher. Did you see what he just did? They've gone down the path of Cain's Error. Followed the way of Balaam and will perish in the destruction of Korah. That's how to read the Bible. If you ever wonder, this is how I preach. This is how I think. This is how the Bible should be to you. Look at, he just went from Genesis, jumped into Exodus and Numbers. Numbers, more specifically. And crossed over Numbers too. He 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 just went all over the place. Made his point. In other words, he has just tied in those three people and shown you that they all had something in common. That when you go down a certain path, okay, that's what he just did. He was letting you know that when you go down a certain path, you end up, when you go back, you can read the book of Genesis chapter 4. You'll see the story of Cain. I'm giving you broad... Painting with a broad, a broad brush here. Genesis 4. You want the story of Cain. You want the story of um, Balaam. Numbers 22. Okay, and 23. And then you want um, also the story of Korah. It's in Numbers 16. Numbers chapter 16. What happened to some of these people? Thank God I have preached especially about Balaam and Korah, even in recent times, haven't I? Spoken about them. Spoken about them. I guess we'll do a little again. But it's so important that you see the error these people committed. So let's, uh, you see, this is what will make this message much longer. Not today, but in the days ahead. We'll have to identify what was it these people did that they are used as illustrations of what you must not do. What did these three people do? They are the three people identified. Cain, Balaam, and Korah. They are warnings. This is scripture for you. You go there and get your corrections. You learn the pitfalls you must avoid. Alright? If you are looking for the description, we will come back to it. He says, these men are dangerous reefs at your love feasts. Feasting without reverence. Feeding only themselves. They are waterless clouds carried along by the winds. Autumn trees without fruit. Twice dead. Uprooted. I, I'm so tempted to explain to you what twice dead is. We'll touch all of those things individually. I'll tell you what each means. You know what it means to be twice dead? We all died through one man. Who? Adam. Is that in your Bible? These guys have died again. You don't understand. When you come to Christ, what do you do? You live. Anyone who believes in me shall live and shall not die. Jesus said. They came to the knowledge of Jesus and they came alive. Do you understand? So every kind of person mentioned here was once a Christian. Are you with me? This is not some cult leader. This is not some leader of some strange group. This is not someone that um, is not following Jesus. Nobody in the book of Jude is a non-Christian. Everyone being referred in the book of Jude Was someone that knew God All The Cain used to hear God's voice Yes Before he sinned did God talk to him Oh come on Did Balaam See visions with his eyes open And hear the words of the almighty Was a prophet Korankor Which tribe were they from Levi's tribe their issue was over offering incense that is it only Moses and Aaron that are called. What nonsense. We too, we are called. All these are people that knew God. So don't ever read this and start looking for some occultist. Don't go looking for some strange person. You're looking in the church. These people are in the church. All right. But I said I wanted, I want to not repress myself and go ahead and explain to you what it means by twice dead. They were dead in sin like we all were. They came to life in Jesus. Then they died again. It's a horrible state. And people are gathered around them. Dead people. Twice dead. Uprooted. He calls them trees that have been uprooted. But let me hold back myself so when I get to that place I can focus. And people are gathered around it. A tree that has been uprooted. The leaves and the branches are there. It's a dead tree. It's not connected to the soil or to the waters of life. And you're gathered around it. Trying to get safety in its shade. And in God's eyes, that tree is dead. And you don't know. If you don't learn to identify their signs. There are so many people gathered around such people. Such trees. They think they are trees planted by rivers of living water. They once were. When they open their mouth, they spout scripture. They can quote scripture up and down. Embarrass you. Yes. When they had leaves, the shape of the leaves, even though the trees are uprooted. How many of you have seen something that has been cut out from the ground? It still looks green for a while. Like Samson, you say something like, I will rise up and shake myself like other times. Till you discover you can't see no strength at all. And your eyes go. And there they are, still trying to act certain ways. They are dead! Is there hope for them if they repent? But many of them I don't know. I don't know. That's in God's hands. Many of them have gone way too far. Their betrayal is so high. They are like Judas. Their betrayal is... They should not have betrayed the Lord. They knew too much to betray the Lord. They knew too much. They should not. Jesus spoke of Judas and said, Ah, it is better for the man. The man that will betray me is better he was not born. This was from the mouth of your Lord and Savior. You see, it's better he was not born. Because to whom much is given, much is expected. These are servants of Luke 12, where scriptures say that they will be given a portion with the unbelievers. And they are the ones that love to preach that once you are saved, you can't lose it. And I can assure you they are going to the lake of fire. Already. Their name is on the manifest. Because they are taking so many people. How can you push so many people in a direction you're not joined? You load buses. Your job is to load buses. You won't join the bus, okay? You join this bus. You're the driver. Can there be a driver that doesn't is not in the bus? You're the driver of the bus. You will get to where we get. Not be sending people to Lagos and you're in. You're, how do you mean? You're in the same bus. Now back to Cain. What was Cain's part? Let's visit Cain quickly. J, please remember why you're here. Remember why we are Genesis chapter four. We are here to find out about Cain and what we must avoid. Now this NET translation says the man instead of saying Adam. Now I, you know Adam is man, represents mankind. yeah. what does your Bible say in verse one? Now what? Adam? Of the earth now the man had marital relations with his wife Eve and she became pregnant and gave birth to Cain then she said I have created a man just as the Lord did very interesting to hear this way then she gave birth to his brother Abel okay so the first was Cain the second is Abel Abel took care of the flocks, while Cain cultivated the ground. I'll try not to deviate much into typology and symbols, but just the mere fact that Abel took care of the flocks. sheep, cared, loved people, focused on doing the kind of thing. He had the heart of God. But this other one cultivated the ground. The last time we heard about the ground, what happened? It was cursed. Who remembers? Huh? Oh, you can't remember. Oh, you thought Adam was cursed. No. God said, for your sake, the ground is cursed. The ground is cursed for your sake. It was the ground that God cursed. He didn't curse Adam. Please, if you've ever heard God cursed Adam, no, he didn't. You can't find it. Go back. You won't see it. When you go back, read chapter 3. He cursed the ground for Adam's sake. Because of you, I crossed this ground. Why would Cain be interested in cultivating a cursed thing? Why was that his focus? Why did he focus on something God does not like? You focus on doing it. Why do you pour in your efforts? He said it's from the sweat of your brow that you eat from this thing. Why? Why must you want to sweat? Why must you be an earthy person? Why must you strive in the flesh? Why can you operate with what God provides? Why must you? Anyways, I said I don't want to emphasize that. Okay, yeah, just just a tidbit there. But it gives you a picture of the kinds of men they were. It gives you a clue. These were the second set of people on the earth. At the designated time. Wow, there was a time. The law of sacrifices was already in place. Just interesting. Some of you that think all sorts of things were happening only when Moses came. I <laughs> No. Just reading the story of Cain and Abel should tell you tons. Very interesting. He called it at the designated time. At the designated time. Cain brought some of the fruit of the ground for an offering to the Lord. He brought some of the fruit of the ground. Some of the fruit of the ground. But Abel brought some of the firstborn of his flock. Sounds like the kind of thing God likes for a sacrifice. This guy brought from the fruit of his efforts. Okay? In a way, that's acceptable. In another way, it's not. You know, humility will save you so much trouble. What was wrong with going to Abel and saying, Can I buy a sheep from you? Without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. Have you ever known a plant to bleed? It is likely it's possible that he brought poor quality fruit. Brought anything. Excuse me, can someone tell me why he didn't say... Cain brought some of the first fruits of the ground. What does your Bible say? Did you say he brought the first fruits of his crops? The Bible says he brought an offering. Some of the land's produce as an offering. What's that? HSB. Give me something else. King James. Something else. Always give me a little King James because we still have um, those who deem the King James the only okay. relevant portion. Yes. Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering to the Lord. He brought of the fruit of the ground an offering to the Lord. Why? Why did he not bring of the fruit? Why? And why, what does he say ever brought? The firstlings. Why? Of flock. Why is it the firstlings? Why doesn't he tell us? Doesn't the Bible make provision for first fruit from your crops? Very clearly in Deuteronomy. Why doesn't he tell us? Because it's likely wasn't the first fruit likely carelessly brought it brought it anyhow just brought anything at least anyhow anything just it's likely he didn't honor the lord it's almost certain he didn't honor the lord and it's obvious thereafter he was someone that didn't honor god imagine someone that when he was about to sin god warned him ahead of time he still went on and did it which is the characteristic of certain people you know and these are habits you must avoid like crazy because This lack of honor for God, it starts at a time. And then you can do it till 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 it is your nature. A lack of honor till you can't seem to help yourself. You will casually dishonor the Lord. I don't see how what he brought was first fruit. They are first fruits of crops. I don't see how it was. It should have been mentioned. What kind of bias made the writer not mention that his own was the first crop? But he mentioned that Abel's own was the first fruit. I'm just giving you that to consider. Abel brought some of the firstborn of his flock. Even the fattest of them. Did you hear that? What does yours say? What did it say? And their fat portions... And Abel also presented an offering. What does it say that Cain brought? Some of the land's produced as an offering. That's HCSB. Is all. Then King James says, of the fruit of the ground, an offering unto the Lord. An offering, that's all. But, but Abel, Abel brought, brought of, of the, the first fat portion of yes. the flock and of the fat Fats thereof of the fat thereof of the abundance of the best are you noticing those are not errors whatever other dispute you've ever heard about why I'm sure you've heard the dispute I want you to observe this now. it is obvious that they brought two different kinds of sacrifices. it is obvious that one brought a good sacrifice and another brought a bad one. It is obvious. And the Lord was pleased with Abel and his offering. But with Cain and his offering, he was not pleased. I believe I've shown you why he was not pleased. One followed the protocol of God. He gave according to need. He gave according to... In, he, he gave with honor. He gave it like you would give to a king. All you need to do is read Malachi chapter 1 and see the kind of thing God rejects. You, you know, use the scriptures to interpret what, what is unclear. Use what is clear to understand what is unclear. Malachi chapter 1 tells you very clearly in verse 10. He points out to you the kind of things that make him reject to accept someone's offering. Let's not, let's not pretend, uh, it's so complex. Okay, he should have brought an animal. No, no, I think you can bring from what God gives you. The Bible says, of the abundance. The Bible doesn't tell us that the offerings God receives is only of animals. We don't know what kind of sacrifice. Were they bringing a sacrifice of atonement for sin? I doubt it. But let's say it was for sin. It ought to have been an animal. But if it was just a sacrifice to honor God, just to honor God, just to honor God, you know, the Bible tells in Proverbs that you should bring up the first fruit of your abundance of animals and plants. This is provided for. Malachi 1, what does it say in verse 10? I wish that one of you would close the temple doors so that you no longer would light useless fires on my altar. I am not pleased with you, says the Lord who rules over all. And I will no longer accept an offering from you. Did the Bible say of Cain that the Lord was not pleased with his sacrifice? Yes, that's why he didn't accept it. And then he goes on. For from the east to the west, my name will be great among the nations. Incense and pure offerings, pure offerings, note, what is demanding, will be offered in my name Everywhere. For my name will be great among the nations, says the Lord who rules over all. But you are profaning it by saying that the table of the Lord is common and its offerings despicable. You're saying you can just give me anything. Act towards me, God, anyhow. You can give me as you please. You can give me anything. That's what you're thinking and saying in your mind. You also say how tiresome it is. You turn up your nose at this. This was, is what Cain did. He, 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 he went like now, wow. The Bible says at the appoint. did you read that it was at the appointed time? You realize that God, sorry, let me say this for some people that don't understand. Some of you think that when God, do you know the only reason God moved them out of the garden was so they wouldn't have access to the tree of life? Not because they sinned. it. When get out from here, why should you enjoy anymore? No. It's just that the tree of life, in his presence is fullness of joy and his right hand are pleasures forevermore. The tree of life, which is the Lord Jesus, you know, a life-giving tongue is a tree of life, also Proverbs 15. But where the word of the Lord is, where the truth, where God, the revelation of the Lord, of course Jesus is the word of God, you know, is, there is fullness of joy, right pleasures, all of that. However, for you to partake in it, you have to approach him. According to his demands. Life and death and the power of the tongue. They couldn't stay there. It wasn't for them anymore. They had chosen death. He had told them in the day you eat of this fruit, you will die. Do you remember? Death was their choice. You can't have death and life. He said, I placed before you in Deuteronomy 19, life and death. No, 30. Deuteronomy 30. Life and death. Then what did he say? Choose life. And they chose Death. He said, the day you eat of this tree, you die. Then there was the other tree, which they were allowed to eat. And it was called the tree of life. And they ate the other one. So they chose death. Come on now, you're not saying. It's the same story from the beginning of creation. It's the same. He did it with Adam and Eve. Then he did it with the Israelites. And every time, they've chosen death. Question, which one are you choosing? So you don't say you didn't know. Everyone hearing me right now exactly the same choices before you life and death better watch what you choose because you live with the consequences you dare not choose death and somehow hope you end up with life so the moment they chose death by eating of the other tree, god had to shoo them away from life leave he would have left them in that garden to keep enjoying god is kind and loving but Sorry, it's in his presence that there is fullness of joy. Sorry, you have chosen death and God is called the living God. Hebrews 12, you have come to the city of the living God. They couldn't stay in the city anymore. For death, the consequences of their actions to come about, they had to be outside the presence of God. The presence of the tree of life. But God, being who he is, before he even sent them out, he killed an animal, killed animals, and clothed them with the skin. Shed blood, because while the shedding of blood is no remission of sins. He covered them with skin and sent them out of the garden. Not from anger or wrath. This is where I'm going. He was still talking to them. He was still loving on them, but he had to be outside the garden. Do you understand? Oh yes, God used to talk to them. Look at how casually. To give you an idea of how much communication there still was. Look at how God spoke to Cain and how he answered. We are going to read it. We are going to read it, don't worry. Look at, is that someone that goes, who is that? Who speaks? No. They were acquainted with this matter. I believe God was still talking to Adam. Are you listening? There was communication. How else would he know that it was appointed time to offer something? To offer something to God. He offered it. God probably called Adam. There are many things in the Bible we don't know. I've told you that many times. We have the ages to come to get revelation on this. And of course, we can begin to partake in the paths of the age to come even now. God promises that. But I can give you an idea. God began to probably say to Adam the moment that thing happened, Adam, come for your sin which you and your wife have committed. These lambs must die. Because without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. And the Lord slid the throat of that. Or maybe he made Adam do it. cut the throat of the animal. Adam went, no. So I said, you must do it. This is what you have brought upon the earth. You have brought in death. I told you, in the day you eat, you will die. Death has entered creation. This is reality. And it's only death that can counter it. Life must go for death to be reversed kill it. So either the Lord did it himself or he made Adam do it. But the things death came in. When the Bible says Abel offered an animal to the Lord. How do you think he offered it? Alive. He killed it. So death had come into the earth. Before that there was no death. Nothing was killed. It was life everywhere. Death had come. This is the reality. Now life must go for it. Life must go to reverse death. To keep death at bay. To turn the power of death backwards. Jesus was that final offering that came. The fulfillment of all those sacrifices. And he came. Does anyone need to tell you that Noah offered a sacrifice when he came out of the ark? Who taught him that? Had the love Moses been given? No. They were making sacrifices already. They would cut it, pour out the blood. Born it. And the Bible says God smelled a sweet smelling savor. And he showed mercy. He, he promised that there would be no more flood. A worldwide deluge of that nature. This is reality. Please. The Lord was still interacting. That's my point. He was still there for them. Like he is today. Even when people are in error. And he's still loving on them. And reaching out to them. He still loved and reached out. To the family of man. And he reached out. To their sons too. And these people knew. He probably told them the time. Oh at every such and such season. Have I shown you before. I know that on the seven days the day for rest. That it wasn't. It didn't come with Moses. Have I told you they were clean and unclean animals. Noah took in 7 of all the clean. And 2 of all the unclean. There was no law of Moses. The Lord had told them things. The Lord had told them had told them about animals clean and unclean. The Lord had told them about sacrifices. The Lord had told them about times and seasons. The education was already ongoing. It may have even existed before. Maybe the killing of animals didn't exist, but they were already possibly rules. How do you know God didn't tell Adam? Out of this produce, every month, once a month, once in a year, bring this to me, maybe three times a year, come to me you don't know. So the Bible lets us know that there was a season appointed. It was a fixed season. There was something that they were meant to do at a particular time. And that time came about and they stepped out to do that thing. Okay? Unfortunately, a certain fellow called Cain, the first son on the earth. He disregarded the instructions God had given him. He disregarded the instruction God had given him. He didn't have a regard for God. He detested what God had told him to do. He dishonored God. And I'm warning you today, don't dishonor God in his times and seasons. When he tells you to bring him something, do it. In the process of time, it says, I'm, I'm still at Malachi, I'm explaining. He said how tiresome it is. You turn up your nose at it, says the Lord, who rules over all. His attitude was wrong. Why should I be having to do this? I don't want to do this. I don't feel like doing it. Now, wow. Why do you think your Bible tells you clearly that the Lord loves a cheerful giver? He came with murmuring and complaining. He came despising the Lord's offering. Now wow. Garden, they don't chase us, come out. Person go, they ask me person carry something, come give. Now wow. Why they give some see something might up. I beg uh, Ada, whatever his sister's name was, any of them that may have been there. Just check for seven of, of those cucumbers. Anyone. Should I, should I, bring the biggest, finest ones for what? Bring anything there. Bring two watermelons. Bring, bring. Just bring a few things. Carrot. C- come on, go and keep that big carrot. Bring a smaller one. Uh, Carry. Give me. That's the attitude with which he gave. I am so serious here. It wasn't what, he, it wasn't that, it wasn't an animal that was the problem because God receives crop offerings. It was Was. him. The Bible says he was not pleasing to God. God didn't accept him. We'll go back there to Genesis. Let's finish Malachi. And instead, this is what God is saying. You bring what is stolen, lame or sick. Are you hearing this? These are the kinds of offerings God rejects. You bring these things. For an offering, should I accept this from you, there will be harsh condemnation for the hypocrite who has a valuable male animal in his flock, but vows and sacrifices something inferior to the Lord. Are you listening? For I am a great king, says the Lord, who rules over all, and my name is awesome among the nations. Have you heard this? This is the attitude of your God. Don't take him lightly. You can take that, take the lessons you can for church offerings, for how you give to God. Make sure you do, but that's not our emphasis. But don't don't forget, don't miss that. It still applies to you. It's, it's not that it doesn't apply to that. Don't give God carelessly, ridiculously, with, you know, that's why the other day, Someone shared on giving, and I made a comment. Don't just put your hand in your pocket. Anything you find, don't give like that. Don't plan to give like that. Mm-mm. Plan. Abel looked. He he had an attitude that was right. It wasn't careless. Do you have fifty naira? No, 20 naira. Anything. 10 naira. It's not about the amount. It's about. So if all you have in this world is 100 naira, and you bring out, oh, I need 15 naira to get home. I'll give 15 naira. Give. As I have taught you, if you don't even have to give, you have 100 now and you need it to go home. Don't give. God knows you don't have. Don't feel bad. Don't feel angry with yourself. You don't have. In fact, if you don't even have money to go home, after the meeting, meet the people in the finance department, the welfare, you know, the ushers. Ask, please, I don't have any money to go home. Or you ask your brother or your sister. Could you loan me some money or I don't have money to go home. I'm sure someone will give you. Even if you're a visitor. God knows. No offense. We actually instruct our people to do that. But if you have, did you hear what he said? The man that has, have you heard about the, did you hear us read it? The man that has and gives an inferior thing. And I told you that God always looks at what you have. He doesn't look at what you don't have. He never has a quarrel with you not having. He has a quarrel with your having and then how you now give even though you have. That's all that's the the simple rule of giving is what do you have and first corinthians chapter 8 says it clearly for it is expected of a man according to what he has so don't be confused about giving because people have abused this too they have taken that scripture and said if you're going to give god money you must give go to the bank and change the money let it be new notes are there people that only like new notes that's nonsense if what the person went to the bank and withdrew and the money is not that new and he brought out his offering to give, whatever he brings, please. Don't say it has to be new notes. Some people deal in dollars, yes? Nonsense. Nigeria's money is nera. What's wrong with you? Don't pretend that, oh, dollars is, you know, have you've heard the message, you give in dollars, you receive in dollars. You couldn't be more. If you give in dollars or euro, that's how you also receive a blessing. You have been swindled. for you. That's the price you pay for being daft. You don't do any of, don't allow anyone to see you with those kinds of things. But the truth is, if you do have, oh, you have two thousand naira. That's what you have, and you're supposed to use it for, I don't know how long. And then you put in your hand there, and you take out, you know, a certain portion of it. I'm going to give two hundred naira. I need at least one thousand it to eat or to survive or something like that. Then you do that. You, you you do the necessary. You don't... You don't... You don't... Ah, oh, I have 2,000 naira. I'm looking for money to eat. That 2,000 naira is for my... What do you call it? On Monday, today is Sunday. I have to pay. That's the money they gave me to buy my journal. Or the textbook. And they are paying on Monday. You keep it. You don't have... This 2,000 is not even yours. You are believing God for money to eat. Because you're going to hand over all. You don't have. You don't say no. You cannot appear before the Lord empty handed. That's one of the false doctrines being taught by people that want to take from everyone. But on the other hand, you have 20,000 Naira in your bank account, 2,000 Naira in the hostel, and you want to pay for that book. You're a clown. You mean God does not see the 20,000 Naira you have in your account or 10 or 5 or anything? He sees it. He knows you have it. And you come and you say, well, God, you understand. And the out of the 200 naira, you used transport, you paid 100 naira. You brought out 50 uh, and you, you are planning. You mean God can't see the 5,000 in the account? He sees it. He sees the 10,000. He fully understands what you have. And his quarrel in Malachi was that, hey, the person I have a quarrel with is the one that has and then looks for anything and gives me. So never, don't allow yourself going to either of the extremes. The center is there. Always remember, God is watching you. God knows. God understands. That woman that gave, and he said, this woman has given the most. It was based on what she had left. It's always based on what you have left. It's never based on what you're holding in your hand. It is always based on what do you have behind what is left. Always. That's the principle of giving. If you remember, this, no matter where you are and whatever you're giving towards, you will always be a safe giver. And you won't go into some of this error That Cain, this path that Cain went. Please note this. Because this is the path that began Cain's troubles. He went into dissimulation, hypocrisy, pretense. That's what Cain did. Cain had an ability to serve God a certain way and purposely served the wrong way. He purposely, he made a choice, choices before me. How can I serve God? I will serve in the worst way possible. I will pick the least. I will do the least I can do. That's what Cain did. Don't go into, ah, he killed... What do you emphasize? You emphasize how he killed his brother, right? Was that the beginning of his problems? That was the end. Always look for the seed that began the thing. Always look for the beginnings of a thing. If you want to avoid... A destination. Avoid its beginnings. Do you understand? What did he say there? He said, the path of Cain. Did you hear he say the path of Cain? Do you understand that the Bible just told you that Cain went through a process? He's telling you, avoid the process that Cain took. I don't believe you've heard anything like this before, right? You hear of what he did. You have not heard of Cain's process. You have not heard it clearly pointed out to you. This is his process. This is the pro. Should I read Jude again? The Bible says, For they have traveled down Cain's path. What does your Bible say? What does yours say? You know, verse 11. In the way of Cain. In the way of Cain. I'm sure If you look up that well, okay, the the, the the Hebrew is direct, the path, the way. Yes. They have traveled in the way of Cain. The way. Nothing else. Better uh, give me the way. I want something more. I can. I can find. Yes. What? They have gone a deviant, the deviant way of Cain. Okay, the wrong way. The deviant. Right? Yeah. What? The footsteps of Cain. It didn't say the action of Cain. Are you listening? These people the Lord is warning about and cautioning you about are people that have taken certain steps. If you want to identify them, look at the steps. You can identify some of them from the first two steps and the, ah, God, okay, Pastor, that road you're going, I see it will end in death and destruction more than I am running away. If you don't understand it, you will keep following them and end up saying, I didn't know. I didn't know it would end this way. You see the beauty of scripture? Given for correction, for instruction, that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. For every good work. Once you know what to identify, once you seek the wisdom of the Spirit, He will guide you. The Bible says, they have travelled down Cain's path. Cain's path. So we are back to Genesis four. Scriptures say Cain. I have pointed out that so far that Cain despised the Lord's offering. He brought on an unacceptable. I've shown you from Malachi chapter one. What is an unacceptable offering? It is honorable offering. Look at how God stressed. Look at why God said you should give him a good offering. What did he say? For I am a great king. He stressed it. I'm a great king. I, oh, I love that argument. Every time I hear that script, it's like, who do you think? And you know, that's what walks me up when I'm talking about some of these preachers that have so aired. It, it's like, don't you know who you're dealing with? How dare you? He's a great king. You don't treat him anyhow. He's a great king. <laughs> The Bible says you, he was with Cain and his offering, he was not pleased. Cain didn't walk in faith. Hebrews chapter 10 says, if any man draws back, my soul will not be pleased with him. Cain drew back. He held back. He pulled back from what he ought to have done. But the just shall live by their faith. Abel trusted, took from the firstlings. He didn't keep it for himself. He said, Lord, this is yours. You're the great king. You deserve the best. You deserve the first. You deserve. I I received this. I got this. I have had this from the Lord. I've partaken in this thing. These men, the Lord is talking about, are people that do not put God's honor first. How do you show God's honor? You get something. You have something. You think of yourself. You point it towards yourself. When we read down, you saw. said that these people think of themselves. It's them first. Abel put God first, the first things, the first part. Either he brought it to the house of God, some way he used it to honor God in some form. As opposed to using it for himself. Cain did not. Cain did not definitely. Cain did something else. And look at the next step that Cain took. So did you see step one, Cain? Dishonor. Selfishness. Dishonor. Typically, that's how selfishness selfishness works. It dishonors. Let's follow his steps again. So Cain became angry and his expression was downcast. So what's the next step he took? Say it loudly. Anger! Anger. When you're corrected in your error and folly, you get angry. You come to someone, you did something wrong, the person disagree and disagrees and is displeased with what you did and you get angry. As if the first wrong is not enough, you get angry. The Jews had opposed God, dishonored God. Jesus came, rebuked them. John the Baptist came, rebuked them. God had sent prophets, he rebuked them. They got angry. Threw Jeremiah inside the well. Hated John. Attacked Jesus. Would often pick stones to stone him. Killed his servants that he sent. These people, I'm showing you the same steps. These are steps in the spirit that people take take that leads them into destruction. These are steps that people take. People often act like things just happen. I have told you for years, things don't just happen. People make choice after choice after choice after choice and got to a certain place. When you see the end of it, you go, oh... Say, yeah, there's nothing like that. If you love someone, stop him when he's still taking the steps. If you love that wife, right. if you have someone love you enough, and they come and say, stop doing this thing you're doing, better lie down on the ground and say, it can't a CEO, or something. Give thanks, value well. You better be grateful if someone stops you from completing your erroneous steps you follow a path that leads to a certain place, you will get there. Nobody ever boarded a bus going to Lagos and somehow ended in degree. Where are you going to? Which bus have you entered? That first step you took, where do you want it to end? You had a sister share testimony how she went, that, oh, the mercy of God, went to someone's house and it was going to lead to sin But she had prayed the day before. God, deliver me from sin. Help me, God, your power. And the power of God came on her and she was disgusted with the idea of sin and left. And God showed her mercy because she may have been raped. But ordinarily, most people in those situations will end up with what they began. Most people will end up with that thing. It began when they took that step. Bothered that keke went to that place. It didn't just happen. It went grabbed. And dropped where you didn't want to go. You took yourself there. You made a choice. Blaming anyone is a waste of words and oxygen. If you don't want to arrive at a destination, do not enter the path that leads to it at all. Don't pick up your phone and start clicking what you don't want to see. Don't type in those words. And for some people don't even have A smartphone. Everyone has to check. Where does your own path begin? Yours happens every time you touch a smartphone. So, don't have one. I know grown up people whose salaries might be millions who don't have smartphones. So, they won't sin. If you like, believe me or not. They could carry iPhones every time a new one comes out. Every single time. They could carry the costliest phones there. Every single time. Well, iPhones are not the costliest phones they are. You know that, right? I've told you about phones that can buy cars, right? Cars. You don't pick them up. You order them. So they are phones like that, okay? You order them. They cost millions. The buttons are jewels. Real jewels. The buttons. They're diamond <laughs> encrusted. They're stupid phones like that. Let's just abuse it. No, you can't have it. abuse it. <laughs> yeah, phones like that. Terrible things. Very costly. They might be, I mean, you, some of these companies, there might be hundreds of such phones. You have to order. They make it for you. Ridiculous things like that. So those are not the costliest phones. But in the class of ordinary people, do you understand? iPhones are the costliest, right? Good. Hundreds of thousands of naira, at least. Naira. So... And there are people like that, but they carry a small knocker Careful, Java. So they won't sin. What's your own excuse? You ain't no get money. What will he say? When well, you say, God, you know I tried. <laughs> I tried. God is like you. Come, let me show you the definition of tried. And you to show you one of his children that could be carrying iPhones, but he's trying one. say, see, this is trying. You, you begged, you insisted, you demanded. From your parents, you know we are writing projects. you need to do research, deceiving. Some of you are praying for your parents. They will receive sites like me, we deceiving, deceiving old people. It's called a cyber cafe. Are they still in existence? You don't even need a cyber cafe. You just need a friends. Just <laughs> need to buy data <laughs> on one thousand naira. Load on your friend's phone. Amen. No research. Which research? Are all your friends dead? Deliver yourself from what wants to kill you. Don't fake it so God will help you. I hope everyone can still hear clearly. If you can't, make sure you, at any time, you identify. Ah, maybe you should move where you're sitting. There are so many empty seats here. You have a question, don't you think you should keep, write it down, pass it. It has to do with these phones. The phone I talk about. What did he say? Where's the mic? I want to ask. Um, like, okay, let me assume I want to buy a car. And that car costs one million naira. Yes? And I'm trying to save money um to get to that one million naira to buy the car. And because um I'm, I'm on the fast lane of trying to get that money. You're on the fast lane, right? Yes. Go on. I'm trying to get already the on. For the meantime, I am giving God 200 naira for every offering. Will God consider me to have many and I'm giving him small? And how much are you earning? Let's presume you're earning money to add up and get that, either from business or est- estimate how much you're earning. Okay, maybe I'm earning a hundred thousand a month. A hundred thousand, you're giving? God. <laughs> Alright, so let me counsel you. Don't worry. Yeah, I, your answer is simple. The best way to give to God is how? Consistently, right? And according to what you have, right? So it's very simple for me. You are earning about 100000 a month. For you to have the amount you need, let's say you are sa- saving 50000 every month. Okay, so how many years do you need now to buy your car? Okay, now you need a million naira. How many times will this happen for you to have a million naira? Twenty times. Twenty months of salary, right? And you're eating fifty thousand and meeting other needs, paying your rent. Yes, twenty months. What you're planning to do is give about eight hundred. Or let's say you put 200 Naira in two services per week, or three. It depends on the, like we take two offerings. So you want to give 200, let's say 600 a week. Let's pretend you give three offerings. Whatever you're thinking about. 200, Actually, I think you're thinking of 200 a week. 200 a week, right? That means at the end of the month, you have given God 800 out of a thousand naira. Even you know there's something wrong with this. You feel highly uncomfortable thinking about it now. That's why I tell people, actually, when we talk about giving, I say you have to sit down and look at your income. You have to think it. You must think it. A safe way to give God is to give in ratios. There are people that maybe 5% 5 is what they can give. Maybe they get... A uh, uh, three thousand naira to survive, by like survival kit. But I am also careful to tell you that if you also act as though it's that your three thousand you survive on, you likely be surviving on only three thousand. All those in between miracles that happen for those who trust in God may not happen much for you. Are you listening? Are, are you sure you understand what I'm saying? If you say God, you see, I can only give hundred naira, please. It's only three thousand. The more you act as though what you have. Is what you depend on to survive. The more it will tend to be. When God is training you and showing you mercy, He will keep allowing extra miracles happen to teach you that, listen child, I can give you more than 3,000. I can provide food and you started the month with three, the week with 3,000 and at the end of the week you've only spent 500 naira. God would allow you and you may say, yeah, it's a miracle. Now I can buy a new new clothes. And God is trying to say, no, I want you to give more. I'm showing you that it is not just your 3,000 that is to feed you. Are you understanding this? That's one scenario. But if you say, out of my 3,000, I'm going to give 500 naira per week, God also sees you trust Him. He may even allow you to be tested and you're hungry a little somewhere. And you say, it doesn't matter. I can't give less than that. I'm getting three thousand. There are people that don't get anything. I'm giving these five hundred to contribute to all such people. And those people are there for real. It doesn't matter. So you are not having much, like first Corinthians 80s, abounding, and others I need. You are balancing out things. You are saying if I have three thousand, two five, I'll manage for a week, then this my brother and my sister at least will be able to have two thousand from what I add and give. We will be able to have electricity so we can gather and meet and I can hear the words of God. That will build my faith and encourage my soul. I'll support my pastor and his family and all of that you're giving because not, and you're saying the same way others, my pastor and others live by faith, I too will live by faith. I will trust God to provide my needs. You don't act as though, no, if I don't have all of this now, I will not survive. I'll die. I'll die. God might say, okay, now die. Since you trust in 3,000, keep 3,000. But if you trust in the Lord, if you trust in the Lord to provide all your need according to His riches in glory, then free food, unexpected money, multiplied food, and other things will happen. And that has happened for many of you. You've seen it. It's real. Even though you took the risk and gave extra, oh, there was a, an extra need or even just ordinary need, you commit yourself. That's the same way to give. That for our friend who earns a hundred thousand and wants to be giving eight hundred or wants to give a thousand eight hundred or two thousand four hundred a month. <sighs> I can't see how it be well with Timo. Oh. How can he be well when you have a car and displease God for twenty months? The God that gave you the 100,000 Naira per month job really wants you to have a car? So you said it when you said, I want to use the fast lane and have the car. Question, why do you have to hurry that much? Why are you in such a hurry? That's the real question. What What is this idol you have set up? Is it marriage? You must marry with a car. What idol have you set up? How were you surviving before the car? So you neglect the house of God and the service of the house of God for your dream of a car. That's the wrong. So in doing that, you have done wrong. You have brought out of what you just described is this. A man among the Israelites who had a lot of good sheep and he has a target to increase his flock by 100 sheep. So he can't give God the good sheep. He picks one of the lame ones. That's what you just described. And gives to God. Saying, God, you know I have a target of a hundred robust sheep for the upcoming markets, major markets that comes up in the ninth month. So God, you understand. I'm going to give you this blind sheep. I'm going to give you this withered, shriveled cucumber. I would have given you my normal first fruit, but sorry. Do you understand? That's exactly the scenario. You're asking God understand. Let me tell you what ends up happening to such people. There will always be something. After the car, who knows what's following? A house. Marrying a wife and call, it will come. Children, school fees, it will come. There will never be an end of things and aims and projects. On the other hand, let me show you what God can do for someone that says, God, even if it takes three years before I can buy that car, I trust in you. And these are things that have happened to many. Have you heard my testimony about my first car? Have you heard me tell you how I got my first car? What about the second one? Have you heard me tell you also? What about the third one? Have you heard? The fourth one car? And the fifth? Now listen, you know I have only one car, right? You no, know I have only one car in no. that I have, i didn't have five cars. I didn't accumulate. But I've had five cars when they are mates of mine that were in school together. I've never had a car. How on earth can someone like me, who makes no plan or cares about anything, have... How? How did I drive between about the age of 2008? So, I had my first car. How many years is that? Between then and my last car, 2015 was when I got the car I'm driving, so 2008, maybe around March, I'm not too sure, March, April, about June, 2008, that's when I had my first car, can you calculate for me, 2-9, 2-10, 3-11, 2-12, 2-13, 2-14, 2-15, in a period of seven years, I had five cars, I've never considered before, I've never calculated, I'm just counting now. Does that sound good? Would you like that kind of thing? Did I tell you, by the way, I almost bought none? And I didn't still lie or do a single dishonest thing. How do you get to experience that? Selfish people don't experience such things much. It's not, it's not, it's not their portion. God does not allow. God goes like, "Mm, can't waste resources. I've never come to, I just, wow, that's interesting. Five cars in seven years first car, I went to the office and my boss called and said, "Um, I think you should pick a car. You know, out of that money that we were paid, check a car. Pick. That's how I got my first car. I went to the office in the morning and drove home at night with a car. I didn't know it would happen. That's simple because while I was working on this complex, they sold cars. So I walked out, looked, 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 pointed at a Mercedes Benz. They gave it to me. I drove it home. Second car I drove... Is the only one I almost bought and I bought it off my dad. And I paid peanuts for it. I've been wondering if I ever paid complete. But it's my dad, so don't worry. All that is his is mine. <laughs> I was to pay 150,000 naira. It was the first one was a V boot. The round lights. The second was you know that message with the round lights? Big three twenty or something like that. The second one was a and water spulted water, a flood like this. So while they fixing it, I started borrowing this five four my dad had when he was working with the government, you know, had work I bought that one, I paid something fifty later. I was a man of mount, so uh, you know, I said let me buy it. I only paid hundred, I don't know if I ever paid full one fifty. But that was my second car, they fixed the other one, so yeah. Then I got a job with a certain office, and I was walking there, and I went on trips. There's no way I could use the 504. The that's why I would drive, but they gave me a nice Honda Accord, said I should drive that. And more or less, they said, well, there's no need. You can't come and be packing it every day in Oga's house now. So I started packing it in my house. Do you understand? And that's all it was my car. How many is that? The fourth one is that they went like, this car is not too good. Find a way and sell it. Let's get another car. And they bought me a Toyota Camry. Took me and checked, checked. No, this one is not good. I checked around and said, no, that one is not good. Get one with automatic gear. I said, well, manual is good. They looked at my boss and went like, you're not serious. you got automatic gear. You know, I was used to suffering, so And they sold the other one, 300 or something like down. And, and that's it. And then after three or four months, they went like, um, no, bring that other one. Uh, I think you should drive an SUV, a bigger one, and give this one. And I went, ah, you know, I remember what someone said. You buy an SUV, the tire is 25,000 naira. It's not buying tire, that's the problem, he's maintaining it. Big man, big trouble. So I, I went like, no, I don't want that one. So okay, and there's this newer Camry. So they gave me the, took the black Camry, and gave me a newer Camry. After three or four months. So within a period of four to five months, I had, how many is that? Is that five? Uh, That's how it happened. That's my story. Which of those sound like I strove or, you know, I've learned from practical experience that trusting God is, (laughs) see, you have to actually do it. It's not talk, 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 talk. It's practice. It's real. Now don't get all greedy or anything like that. Like I said, I've never even thought of this. I've never done the math. I've never calculated. I've never even thought but as we are since you asked the question. So, Oga, this is a possible scenario. You tell the Lord, thank you for this 100,000-Naira job. You don't make all these idolatrous goals that people make. Ah, as I've gotten this job well, I, within 20 months, I'll drive my own car. You don't even come up with that thing. But it's different if you take a car and you have to make payments off every yes. You already took the car. I understand if you took the car, you have to make payments off. So what I don't understand is you eating 50,000 naira a month. So if you have to pay 50,000 from your salary every month because you've gotten the car, and you have to pay off it. They are deducting the streets. Your office got cash for you. And it's a good deal. Yes? Please do it. What I cannot understand is you eating 50,000 naira a month. Eat 20. Eat 25. Give, make sure you don't give any less than 10, 15, 20,000 naira. What's wrong with your head? Who gave you the job? Your mates are everywhere, they don't even have the job. Make sure you're not giving less than that. You're earning fifty thousand. You eat a cow. Except you're married. Oh, okay, I can't give more than that because I'm taking care of this God's child, this is his daughter, and the child she has. So you need to care for that too. Let's say she's not earning any money or something. Say, so, okay, I'll give ten thousand. Okay, or there's this big situation that arose. I, I have to also cover my mother and all that survivor. I'll give five thousand. Okay. Remember, God always sees what's left. Do you understand? But if in your mind you can sit down and say I'll be giving one thousand, just the method that any hundred thousand you're giving God one percent, there's just something wrong. I've told you, you know a church like ours that does not tell you to bring tight and all that, you, you still have not understood anything we've taught you. If you even have the heart ordinary to give ten percent. You should be giving way more. People that don't believe in tithing give more than tithing. People that don't believe in tithing and give less than 10%, don't, they better be giving tithing. Does that confuse you? I don't believe in tithing that God says you must give 10% or things will be tight with you. It's a lie. My own, and you don't have to be there yet. You grow into it. My own theology is you give God everything. Anything, everything he asks for. So if out of your 100,000, he asks you to give away 90 give, that's my theology. My theology is, is everything I have is God. So there's, there's no, I don't do much. I don't say I have done 10%, please, God stay away, or I'll do 20%. God, have I not tried? The rest is mine. I don't have any. I, there's no mine. That's my world. That's how I give. That's how I think. It's why I can't budget. It's not possible. You meet the needs as they exist. Needs, needs, needs. So when you hear me say, I don't believe in tight, don't go like, oh, so you keep back everything for yourself. Don't be silly. I don't keep anything for myself. That's for all the selfish non titers who have used not tithing. As it means to be more selfish than when they were tight in. Because whether they call it tight or not, anyone that can give out of a hundred thousand gives up to ten thousand. At least he's giving. Forget what he calls it. God sees how much he actually gave. He also sees why he's giving. But let's say he's giving it out of love. Then he gives ten thousand out of his hundred thousand, fifty thousand, he gives five thousand. But you that say, I don't believe in tithe, you put two hundred at the end of the month, you have given two thousand, one thousand eight hundred. You have given less than ten percent. You're in a far worse state than the person that gives tithe. Far worse. You give sparingly. God promises you sparingly, you rip. That's a promise. First Corinthians chapter nine. That's a fact. That see, is this danger? That again, like most things we got, there's the balance, balance, balance. So Cain was this selfish person who I hope I've answered your question. I've told you my thoughts. I've told you my thoughts. My thoughts are that you give as the need arises. You give out of your ability, according to every man's ability. First Corinthians eight. That's how to give. Question: What is your ability? But may you never come to the place where you say I have zero ability, even though I'm earning twenty thousand, ten thousand, five thousand. No, you must always share with your body. You must you must, if you have any out of wisdom, you must know that. You are not practicing the Lord's table if you receive any income and it's all yours. Something, a fragment. That woman had two pennies. How much did she have left? Answer me. Say it well. How much did she have left? She had none. Jesus didn't say, no, no, no. Come, man. Take it back. Something inside I knew that I must give her. Mm-hmm. How can I complete nothing? No. Instead, let me miss a meal or two. God will provide. I, I didn't finish my story for you. I have to give you that. This is the kind of thing that can happen. You finish pay And you pay for 10 months. Or 12 months. Or 15 months. Then your office says. For all those that have paid up to 15 months. Don't worry. The office will pay off the rest. Do you want to be that person. That was giving two 200 now. And 15 months later. They say they are paying off the rest. Are you going to, you going to be one that says. Oh God forgive me. Oh God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. How much extra do you have now? You are giving fifty thousand every month, and five months remaining. How much? Two hundred and fifty thousand. Are you listening? You have just been dashed two hundred and fifty thousand by your office. You you could you couldn't give God more than two hundred. Your office has just dashed you. Oh, guy is likely an unbeliever. Has just dashed you two hundred and fifty thousand naira. How do you see yourself? Unfortunately, many people won't see that. There are those that will go, God, I'm sorry. You have just proven to me I'm an idiot. There are many that will say, thank God, praise the Lord. Darling, darling, we have that extra 250. You do, you see the lack of understanding that is in most people? Some of you don't even still understand. You don't even understand where, what I'm hitting at, right? You haven't gotten it, I should tell you. You don't understand that God is showing a stupid child, come here. This was what I planned. And you were depriving my household for the past 15 months. I was planning to settle your balance. You ought to repent and possibly hand over all that money to church and beg God to forgive you that you not do that kind of thing. But you don't understand. You still use yourself because your issue was always selfishness. It always was. Some people go like, yes. I said, let's give God 50,000 and give 50 and pocket the 200,000. Again, it's all here. But if you have learned and understood giving, you should pause and say, let me estimate, no, 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 what I've done was wrong. Let me calculate how much I've been giving every month. Pa, 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 this, how much? Okay, falls a 150 or 120,000. You give the 120 to church, take the rest and do something else. But the nicest version of that story is if you had given normally and steadily and trusted in God, then you would be happy. And truly receive it like a blessing. And you would be able to come and say, brethren, I want to testify. I was going through this, but I kept trusting God. I kept supporting the work of God. I kept, and God surprised me. God, do you see how, that's the sweet version. You did the right thing. God surprised you. And you have this extra bonus. But if you were doing the wrong thing, God surprised you. How are you going to testify? And then worse than that, you come out and testify. Of you your selfishness. As if it's a testimony. And angels are saying, Lord, should we draw the sword? Lord, should we draw? Strike this man's finances. Some of you think when they say an angel strikes someone. Hi, how did I get here? Let me just teach you. If you ever seen a vision, revelation, an angel goes like this on someone, or like this, please do not expect him to fall down and die. That's a rare event. That's likely not what will happen. The person's life is going to do like this. Something is going to happen. Either slowly, gradually, in some days or so, week, they'll start getting sick. Or, that strike may have struck their pause, may have struck their income, may have stopped, things will start drying up. That strike may have affected their ability to do certain things well. You know, that's what likely will happen. What will likely happen is not you thinking they'll drop dead. That's not um. When the angel struck Herod, maggots came out. A disease. Something broke out. Actually, there's a story that he actually had some issue like that already. Some rotting, wasting disease. So maybe the thing, that's in the story's history. Maybe the thing is that the thing burst forth right then. And people were like, ah. But he definitely died after. So an angel strike doesn't necessarily mean physical death. can result in a depletion, loss. That doesn't mean if you always, you might see an angel, you know, in a vision, okay, and it's pushing the word of God into you, okay, it can be a positive thing, please. Don't think it's negative. It can be a positive thing. But if it looks like judgment, likely Something will start going down. It may take weeks or months to manifest fully. Alright, that's for somebody. Let's wrap it up. Cain, Cain, Cain. Cain became angry. That was step two. Then the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry and why is your expression downcast? Is it not true that if you do what is right, you will be fine? have you heard the word of the lord <laughs> is it not this is god talking to cain because god in his great mercy talks to almost everyone the worst of sinners herod pharaoh but nebuchadnezzar god was talking you'll be shocked at how much god is talking when god taught this many years ago i came to the place all these things are like, well how are they supposed to know do you know i don't presume people don't know I don't presume. Ah, the guy is a terrible sinner. That one, God can never talk to him. He's a lie. How many dreams do wicked people have? How many warnings? Have I not heard people have clear, direct warnings from God and they disobey all? There's, I've seen many things. Leave. I don't even deceive myself and go, hey, yeah. Pay hey, nothing. You sowed something. You sowed, uh, banana. You want to reap, uh, planting. What comes out won't even look that similar. Sir. Let me not say plantain because you know some people don't know what plantain is. Some countries don't have it. They call them bananas. You can put in uh, plant a a a, a, a banana uh, uh, sucker and and rip uh, uh, beets or, or sugar cane. Don't be don't be ridiculous. You're gonna get what you put in, and that's what happens. He said, if you do what is right. Will you not be fine? If you do what is right, you will be fine. So if you're not fine, you are not fine, you are doing what is wrong. You did what was wrong. He didn't do what was right in his sacrifice. At the appointed time, God gave him to bring things. The chance he has. For you, it could be a Sunday. It could be once a month. It could be whatever and whatever it is. There's that time. God says, bring your life to me. You had an opportunity to give your life to Jesus. You refused to bring the life. He sent person after person. You know clearly that this is your chance to know the Lord. You refused to give the life. Told me, give me your time. Give me your eyes. Stop using your eyes like that. I want your eyes as a sacrifice. You said, no, my eyes are my eyes. I will look at what I will look at. Stop listening to that person. Break off that relationship. Give me yourself. You said, no, I will keep it to myself. After that, God rejected his sacrifice, his prayer. He showed up before God and went, Err! And God went, wait, wait. And he got angry on top of his folly. How do you blame someone when you're so obviously at fault? Why are you blaming? Thank God I'm not God. I've zapped you sins like Zeus. <laughs> the smell of burning flesh. But God is so patient. He still had a discussion. Look at your God. This is a God. This God The ah, mercy of God is nothing like it. God goes, but if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at the door. It desires to dominate you. But you must subdue it. Listen to me. In spite of the bad offering he had brought, God didn't shout at him and say, you have sinned, you have sinned. God told him, listen to me right now. Sin is waiting to catch you. The real, real sin. But it started with the first two steps of despising God. God, God is humble. It's like God acts as though dishonoring him is not a sin. You go on to be angry, God acts like you have not sinned. God now spoke about the main thing that was next on the menu. The steps of disobedience. He told him sin is squatting, crouching. Picture a lion squatting, ready to pounce. That's how sin is. So sin is crouching at the door. And its desire is on you. It desires to dominate you. What does sin desire to do to everyone? To dominate. We've been studying sin in the last couple of weeks. We've seen how sin works. If you weren't around, get those audio messages. Especially from the Wednesdays. We saw how sin wants to control your body parts and how you're supposed to take those body parts and hand over to the Lord. We saw that. And God says, don't let sin dominate you. Don't allow it happen. You have a choice. All those people that say, I couldn't control myself. That's not what God says. God never agrees. You're on your own. And remember, this is the God you stand before on judgment day. So plan to stand before him and lie in front of him and say, God, you understand that I couldn't. (laughs) He go like, are you serious at all? God told him what to do. He said, you must subdue it. How do you do it today? You ask the Holy Spirit for help. You ask God for help to help you subdue sin. And the major way we saw in the book of Romans, chapter 6, was by taking your body and yielding to righteousness. What should Cain have done? What should Cain have done? Cain should have gone back to his produce. Listen to me. Because people make everything complicated. And say, "Eh, hey, I've already done it. Please undo it. Undo it. Cain should have gone back. Lord God, I am sorry. I am sorry. Why is it that people never see that you can reverse your actions? It's called repentance. Bring forth fruit meet me to repentance. He should have gone back. Pick a good sacrifice. Say, God, after all, is this not God you're talking to? God, please, what can I do to make up? Can I bring it now? And God would have said yes. Please, you receive it, he would have said yes. He would have brought a proper sacrifice. Probably with extra on top for his folly. How many of you think Cain would have died of hunger? In an earth where only, whether four or so people were. There's no such risk. Instead of his doing what he should do, he spent his time being angry. the folly of mankind. He should have gone back and brought the proper sacrifice and dropped. Did you see him tell God, God, eh, what should I have done? God, I didn't know what to do. I did my best. Did you see him say that? Because he knows he didn't do his best. He knows he did not even do the will of God. Do you even see him argue with God? He knew he was guilty. He knew where he was guilty. Most people know where they are guilty. Don't mind them. Most people know exactly what they knew, need to know to change their ways. They know, but they don't want to change their ways. Jane wouldn't change his ways. He stood there, listened to God, talked to him about sin, and did what many people do when they are confronted with their actions. He left the place. He walked away. He refused to do anything about it. Let the fear of God be upon you, because whether you like it or not, if you disregard what you're hearing now, one day, for sure, you will answer for it. How the Bible says, He said, be sure that your sin will find you out. It's unavoidable. He it says, Cain said to his brother, we don't know how much time passed, but see the Cain that God had warned personally. Cain said to his brother Abel, let's go out to the field. Abhi, sin? That sin that was crouching had jumped on him now. A spirit of murder had jumped on him. Let's go out to the field. While they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. <laughs> then the Lord said to Cain, where's your brother Abel? And he replied, I don't know. Am I my brother's guardian? But the Lord said, what have you done? The voice of your brother's blood is crying out to me from the ground. So now you are banished from the ground, which has opened his mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you try to cultivate the ground, it will no longer yield its best for you. Question. Guess what the land was yielding before? Oh, come on, talk to me. Did you hear when he brought a sacrifice to God? Did you hear that he brought the best? No. God gave him the best. He gave God the least. God now told him, you see from now, watch what will happen to you. The land will not yield its best. People try to emphasize that after Adam sinned, the land stopped yielding its best. It was still yielding tons. Sin didn't just swallow the whole earth at once. The harvest was still miraculous. It's Cain that was bad wasn't his situation and it wasn't the crops. You will be a homeless wanderer on the earth. Have you ever seen people whose life do not seem to have moorings? Don't look any further. Send them to Genesis 4. Their life does not seem to have a birth like a ship. They are tossed to and fro. If you, when you read that, you're going to see. They are tossed everywhere. They have no bearings. Those are the kinds of people swung here and there. Anything, any wind of doctrine will carry them. Then Cain said to the Lord, My punishment is too great to endure. I, I don't want to talk about Cain anymore. He's annoying me. He's very annoying. Let me show you Cain a little more, not from Genesis, 1 John chapter 3, verse 11. For this is the gospel message that you have heard from the beginning, that we should love one another, not like Cain, who was of the evil one, and brutally murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his deeds were evil, but his brothers were righteous Which deeds. They are sacrifices. Can you see he gave an evil sacrifice? He, He didn't say his thoughts. He said his deeds, his actions, his actions. That's why Jesus says he promises that every man will be judged according to his actions, his deeds. The Bible says his deeds were evil. He said Cain was of the evil one. And brutally murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his deeds were evil. And his brothers were righteous. He's not talking about the murder. The deed that was evil wasn't the murder. The deeds that were evil were the deeds he carried out. That made God reject him. And his brother's righteous act was the act he carried out. He honored God. Anyone that honors God puts God first. Makes God number one. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and its righteousness. Anyone that does that. Is living righteously. It's righteous living. Therefore, do not be surprised, brothers and sisters, if the world hates you. We know that we have crossed over from death to life. Do you want to see how to enter back into the Garden of Eden? You don't want to see that. We know we have crossed over from death to life. Because we love our fellow Christians. The one who does not love remains in death. Are you seeing what I was saying earlier on? Are you seeing two kingdoms? Are you seeing two trees? The tree of good and evil. The tree of life. Good and evil. Knowledge of good and evil. Two trees. You cross over from death to life. Adam crossed over from life to death. Choice, choice, choices, death, life. Watch where you go because it's your choice. How do you cross back to life? We know we have crossed over from death to life because we love our fellow Christians. The one who does not love remains in death. And who is he talking about? Who is the person he was using as an example here? Cain. Everyone who hates his fellow Christian is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life residing in him. No murderer has eternal life residing in him. I'm jumping down to 16, 17. Oh yeah, just the next verse. We have come to know love by this, that Jesus laid down his life for us. Thus, we ought to lay down our lives for our fellow Christians. Wow! How many of you want to do that? Everybody, how do you do it? Look at the next verse. Looks like the book of James, but we are actually in First John. But whoever has the world's possessions and sees his fellow Christian in need and shuts off his compassion against him, how can the love of God reside in such a person? Little children, let us not love with word or with tongue, but indeed and in truth. Amen. No wonder we went off into giving. Are you seeing how that ends? Are you seeing how to love? Are you seeing death and life is linked to giving, to loving, and to serving? We are gonna pray now. One question, two questions. What of someone like me who feels like it's eye service when I do things around people? I prefer to do things and I do. When people are not around, is this wrong? Yes, I, I'm like you, I used to be like you. Terrible something. You not watch the place because someone is around. Then you wait. So while they're around, you never watch the place. They think you're lazy. And you are. It's pride, it's stupid pride. Don't worry, I'm speaking for experience. I, I, I feel embarrassed. I don't know what was wrong with me. There are different afflictions in this world. Meanwhile, there are people that want to do I service fully. Me. If you, then someone is not around, enter the kitchen, I wash everything, clean up, and leave. It's like I don't want you to be known that I'm the one that did it. I, I like that element of surprise. They came by and went like, hmm. I guess one of the things, I grew up without much praise. So I, I would actually feel embarrassed when people praise me. Yeah, you know, I, I grew up without being affirmed by, ah, oh, you did so well, you did so well. That's why I struggle with that too. I'm not saying, of course, you're entitled generation. They've paid you too much. That's why you're damaged. So I'm not worried about, but I am saying that that mindset is not healthy. What your parents or anyone over you or you can serve wants is the service. Who cares about what you're thinking? Is it about you? That's the point about service. Service is not about you. So stand up, go wash that car and don't say, I was waiting for there to be no one. I didn't want them to see me washing the car. You lazy soul. Repent, like I did. Please, what if you do not have a particular month? Not because you want to be regular in giving, but you don't have. Can you give it together like the next month? I don't know what this question means. Haven't I said, how do you give what you don't have now? What What's your problem? Hmm? Who has this question? Don't answer. Don't ask questions like that now. If you don't have, it's a... Spect- go and read First Corinthians 8. You don't give out of what you don't have. What? Don't ever ask such questions, please. I've taken time to show you the truth of Scripture, not what many preachers preach that say, go and borrow. There's no such nonsense. How dare you borrow money to give? It's not your money. Don't borrow money to give. You don't have. God didn't want you to give that month. God didn't want you to give that week. You don't steal to give. On the other hand, you don't trust yourself to remain the money at the beginning of the month. So you give all at once for the month. Out of your full income. Let's say extra comes from somewhere. God knows. Remember, God always knows. There are some people, the mindset is that once I come to a church meeting, I must give. That would be good. But it doesn't have to be so. And there are people that do that even here. They get an income at the beginning of the month at the end or whenever. And they give immediately. A significant amount out of what they end. They, They don't have to come every Sunday. God fees it's not like there's a special blessing per Sunday, that's why you notice when we, you give, nobody praise, all those, stand up take your offering in your hand, you know that stuff is psychological fraud some people are just doing it they haven't thought about what they are doing they see others doing like that, but do you understand that when you attach the blessing to the people holding the blessing, the money in their hand, that everybody who struggle to hold money in their hand do you understand that that means even the person that would have given all at once, whether 10,000, 100,000, whatever, will now take it and hold. And would rather keep it there, mistakenly spend it, then come with anything, 5,000, because the blessing is linked to his holding something in his hand. Are you seeing how that works? And who wants to not be holding something in his hand when the blessing is take your offering in your hand, Father God, look at your children. And the focus is on you. Do you notice how I pray for offerings? What do I say? Father, thank you for this opportunity to give. It is you that is privileged. You. Father, I ask that you receive it from my hands and cause it to multiply for the service of your kingdom. Have you noticed that, how I pray? You thought it was careless prayer. There's, I almost do nothing carelessly. Everything has been carefully thought through. I may say it very lightly, but no, 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 no. No carelessness. No. For what? Very carefully thought through. I never stand and say, I say, Father God, look on everyone and bless them. Prosper their ability to serve your kingdom. I don't say, all those right now, look on them, bless them, bless them, bless them. Do I need to steal the money? What do I know? God sees. So I leave it to God. And I ask that whatever you gave should multiply. So you may have given 20 Naira because in your whole life you have 50. And that's what you gave. You gave 20 naira. God says, your 20 naira may do more. It may be that 20 naira that added to another person's 20 naira and took someone to a great breakthrough. That your particular 20 naira. You don't know what he did. Another person may have given 10,000. That 10,000 naira fell to the ground like like it was nothing. Because maybe it came from a bad place or it wasn't clean money or something. God looks at your life and your heart and your deeds. How does one balance up when 90% of your salary is gone on transportation? He gets another job. <laughs> when you spend 90%, are you king? All kind of thing. Is it ground cost? Yay! You, what you do is you meet your pastor for advice. If 90% <laughs> is on transport, feeding, <laughs> Is your salary (laughs) three thousand? I I am so serious. My first answer is the answer. You get another job. What is that? Mm -hmm. Make sure when we are praying, I pray for you. Even if you're any twenty thousand, that means eighteen thousand goes on transport. You're any ten thousand, nine thousand goes on transport. What is that? You spend one thousand. Now, that's completely different. Hello, if you're earning 500,000 Naira and 450,000 goes on flying in and out because you fly to your job. Yes, now. It goes every few weeks. It flies. There's no other way you can spend 450,000. Then you you can survive on 50,000, yes? Please, if you have a 500,000 Naira job, please, continue. But if 10% is is 1,000 Naira, or 2,000 naira, or even 5,000 naira. See me. If you're of working age, you don't know, I might be able to... My prayer has got my answer, and open a door for you. Am I might be able to point you in the direction of a job, please. Hmm? And once in a while, you know, I'm still a human being on earth. I may mean, know one or two people I need somebody. Hmm? Uh, Don't think I live in heaven, on earth. Once in a while, I may be able to press a button and people get jobs. By mistake, I've done that a few times. I'm not saying I have jobs sitting up, but come on, please. I presume that's not a reality. So are we ready to pray? Please, can you stop bringing questions? You have to be disciplined. Okay? What's today's date? Can you confirm this information, please? What's today's date? What was our watch date? 16th? 20th. What was the other date we had? Say? 16th. Okay. I actually expected something yesterday. Well, it starts there. You're wondering what? Uche. Peace your side. Just don't go, that's all. Don't go anywhere. <laughs> Just Make sure you don't leave to you know you're right now, just stay where you are. So um we are going to pray. Problem, are you mature enough? Can you hear this and focus on what matters? Are you children? Like many people are children. We should pray first. You mean they are children? When we finish pray what will we do? This one, so we can go on with the service. <laughs> Thank God for the rain. Imagine we hadn't rain. Now I told you. Oh, let me read for you what this information reaching me is that cultists have invaded and shut down Annex campus. All hostels are locked and shut down. There's tension in there, of course. Why do you say that? (laughs) (laughs) And the police, military are on patrol. People are advised to stay where they are and proceed to return with caution. You hear if it didn't rain, some of you have landed splat in the middle of it. Pow, 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 pow. <laughs> You know, I told you that the way God protects when it is time is he, he will do something. Always. It's the goodness of God. And it's the mercy of God. Now some of you are thinking we are going to pray about it. Really. God's lighthouse. is that like you didn't hear everything I told you for the last two years. I won't even say a word. And start your private intercession. Not here, if I catch you. Uh-huh, we are studying June, so we are about to talk about the things that matter. We prayed about it yesterday, uh, when? Monday. Monday, Monday. Pitch, yeah, we, we prayed about all that, you know We saw God had spoken to us all about this last year, this time. You remember I've taught you that one year before, God usually talks? Yeah, so you know, God began to show all these things and said time was up, you know, and many things. We are late, all that. We began to repent and talk in peace. All that. And then it showed us, we went back last year, March, April, this time, you know, and saw the things he said. shut down cultists, shooting, all of this. None of this is a surprise to us, okay? Nothing. If I read out the words, we read it out in Peter on Monday. All of this. We expected it. Because God, one year ago, saw all of it. And he talked about it. Because that's how God is. And I shouldn't preach a message i preach preached so many times. But just last week, we talked about how God protects his own. He makes sure they are not dead. Do you remember? He moves you away. He does different things. He can make anything happen to make sure, you know. It's the God way. All right? The interesting thing is that he spoke more about it last year than he did this year. He he did it just very lightly. Last year, he spoke in detail. And we had interceded and dealt with it last year. You know, I like practicals. So all the unbelievers here will believe. Because we have many unbelievers. You believe in parts. You believe Jesus is Lord and He forgives sins. That's all. The other part that He can coordinate things and manage your life. No. If it didn't rain, many of you would have gone. Not many. A few of you would have said, In the name of business, I am gone. Then you run and hide in a gutter. Instead of sitting in this nice lighted fan-filled place. What you should be thinking is, what shall I eat? <laughs> Don't worry, we still have the garri that blessing and uh, favors farm produced. So you see how one thing leads to another. So they are farm, all those people that joined and helped process it. Now, so there's garri. So we put plenty garri, soak it in a big basin. You wash your hands well. <laughs> Let's pray. Don't worry. When it's time, to, you're going to go calmly. You know, we we'll probably call a bus or two. We have or something. Or you just walk in a troop. All of you now we know they waka And you're going to arrive there. Don't worry. You're going to be fine. Life is going to be happy and peaceful and all that. At least you're sure there's no... cause. Even though I've seen this many times where we had to stay overnight. How many of you have seen that thing? But I don't, I hope this is not the night. Please. Mm-mm. When that night comes, you come. We would have come with the mindset of a tarry. So we just continue from there. Not the one that unexpectedly. Eh? I don't want hungry people on my hands. Please. Because those are not in any way of this other sort of access you can go. But. but let's pray first. Hallelujah. There's no one like a God. No there's no one like a god heaven and earth knows it there is no one like our god there's no one like A god. No like god there's no one like our god there is no one like our god there's no one like God. There's no one like God. Say it again. There is no one like God. There's no one like God. There's no one like God. There is no, no one, one like, like God, there is no, no one, one like other. God, there is no, no one, one like our God, I want to do one no right one like now, like our God, now um, no, listen to me, right wherever you are, I, I'd like you to... To repent. You're guilty of Cain's error. Don't think Cain was born of Adam and Eve. Bible calls Adam the son of God. He made choices that made him into the person he became. One of the things it seems God told us a Monday he said time was out. With regard to Unio. It's like It seems time was out for the people of UNIO. Two years ago God began to speak to us about UNIO Strongly. He showed us repeatedly. Repeatedly, all sorts of problems. An earthquake, all many, many things that spread out into the nation. Wahala. And we've been interceding and you've been here when we, many of you have been here. You've heard, you've seen us go to war for that university without any physical thing. But he also showed us that there'll be a swamping. You know, a year ago, he showed us that there'll be a flooding to sweep out and expose evil. There's going to be exposures. There's going to be things like that happening. It will happen. Because the Lord has said it. will. Really. He also sent us. And that's why we began to reach out. Reach out a lot. That's why God's House is the way it is. Preaching to people. Reaching out to people. Doing all of that. And of course we met a position to a lot of people that hate God. Don't love God. And resisted and refused. All of that happened. And a season like this was what. But we also believe. Like happens many times with God. When the troubles come. Many will turn to the Lord. Because some people without great trouble, they won't turn. So God will allow it. So fear comes suddenly. If I'm sure in your hostel, they'll be gathered around. I'm so happy you're here. And they'll be looking for people that can pray. Check on Sunday, many people go to church. Sinners. You know, I promise you that this is the time I'll enter my house and sleep. Now many times I promise you that I'll sleep like this. (laughs) And what I must do is not pray. That's the mean one, my prayer. <laughs> and you got me angry from now till tomorrow. You want me to be a liar. But we, one of the revelations we kept having recently was people being in two categories. We saw lots of Ghostly House people. This came from different people, leaders and different ones. They were in a category that like they've been registered. How many of you are here once to talk about those who fear the Lord, talk often with one another, and in the day of trouble, he would five Jewels. When was that? Two weeks ago? Now, there's that category. And there was lots of God's light house people. And then there were the others. And they were on another kind of line. And their situation was quite difficult. Now, I'm not saying just because you're in God's light house. That means. But on the other hand, maybe there's some advantage to even hanging around. Maybe. I don't know. That's in God's hands. But what you can be assured of is that all the things that were said before any of this happened, that alone should give you peace. That God has said all these things. I want you to talk about the error of Cain. The path of Cain. Present yourself. Present yourself to God. Now, you have a minute or two to talk to God about the path of Cain. Tell God, don't ever let me take that path. Forgive me for even taking it. For being a bad giver. Not in money only. Just my attitude. I'm careless about my service. I'm a reckless soul. I don't, I don't regard God. I don't have a regard for what I offer Him, my life, my attitude, my mind, my me. Ask God to forgive you. And you're angry when you're corrected. You oppose correction. Talk to God, talk to God, talk to God, talk to God. Ask for mercy and cleansing. Talk to God about dishonoring him. Dishonoring him. Not respecting his seasons and his times. For not respecting, having a regard for that which is holy. Even you come to this house, you're, you're reckless. You don't care how you behave here. You don't care if you slip through the meeting. You don't care. You don't offer him your ears and your heart and your attention. Thank you, Lord God. I want you to pray and ask the Lord to keep you. To help you turn back and bring forth deeds. Meet for repentance. Some of you, I don't know, I don't tell people to make vows. I don't. But some of you have to make a choice and ask God to help you do the deeds that you need to do. Bring forth deeds that match up with repentance. And not go down that path completely. Sin is crouching at your door. And when it jumps on you, you act surprised. But you were warned. Ask God. There are two kinds of you. Some of you, sin has jumped on you already. You're in bondage. Ask God to please rip it up. That since you're still alive, He should show mercy on you. But if you're one of those that is crouching there, waiting, due to repeated hardening of your heart, ask God, please, that it will never dominate you and that you will carry out the actions that you need to carry out. Pray. If you don't know the actions, say, God, show me what are the actions I need to. You may need to talk to a shepherd, but make sure. Actions, actions, actions. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. Father, we look to you and we are saved. Father, we ask you this evening that you keep all of us from the path of Cain that have prayed from our hearts. We will never go from one evil to another evil that will result in destruction and a curse. May we not create terrible hardship for our lives. May we not create a situation where the things we do are cursed. The works of our hands are cursed. All we do is cursed. Show mercy. Even those that sin has jumped upon you are powerful, O God. and Let the blood of Jesus speak and rip off the lion that seeks to devour us we thank you father we ask that you be with us this night guide and direct our every step lead us to all that concerns your will perform your counsel in us teach us your paths help us bring deliverance in the earth this night have mercy on all who come thank you amen we pray you receive eyes to see ears to hear, and an understanding heart. Remember, test all things and hold fast to what is good. For more information, visit our website at gods-lighthouse.org.